afraid of holding on, don't wanna let you go. Oh, hey, your love is real. Oh, hey, your love is wild. Know what to do to make me smile. I wanna make it last a while. But asking for love, just a little bit. Hoping this could be infinite as you Someone tomorrow. I believe that when you feel it, you will know. Ooh, 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 know ooh, ooh, ooh. I've been feeling all taps away. I'ma add some cheese and some cliches. Okay. I've been feeling all taps away. I'ma add some cheese and some cliches. Like I don't wanna waste your time. Wondering if you'd be mine, my Valentine. Hey, see, I don't wanna waste your time. Wondering if you'd be my, my Valentine and give. kind of shy on this one I'm not gonna lie On Friday, March 17th, come out to the Polish Community Center to join CITR and Discorder in celebrating our community's generosity and hard work with the Fun Drive finale. Featuring one-off, never-heard-before performances by Tim the Mute, Hick, Puzzlehead, Ashley Shadow, Swim Team, and Missy D and Lady Jams. Can't make it out? The night will be live broadcast at 101.9 FM and at CITR.ca. And for the first time ever, it will be streaming live on video. There will also be a very special publication between poetry and visual art from the performers free with entry. Tickets are $10 in advance and $12 at the door, with all proceeds going towards CITR's Fun Drive. I'm a grown woman and that's what's up. What if this summer you did something different? What if you worked with people you admired in a city that inspired you making something that you were proud of. The Media Institute for Social Change is looking for students like you to be a part of their summer documentary program in Portland, Oregon. As a student, you'll create original audio and video pieces about issues that you care about. You'll meet and learn from media professionals whose work is aimed at social justice. You'll immerse yourself in Portland, a city that will serve as your hands-on media-making laboratory. Sound like your type of summer? Apply today at MediaMakingChange.org. Hello and welcome to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM with Dama and Dora. Um, the Real World is a UBC Film Society's radio show where we talk about film and connect with other clubs and campus organizations. Yeah, as always, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory here on the UBC campus in Vancouver. Woo! Sick. Yeah. Um, we just played Old School Love. 
fun way to say old school old school love yeah um, by missy d um who is actually performing at tonight's fun drive finale so exciting we are so stoked um it's happening at the polish community center on fraser street um kind of fraser and 25th or king ed um and yeah it's gonna just be so much it starts at 8 30 other performers um missy d is gonna be performing with lady jams which is sick i love lady jams me too um ashley shadow swim team kingfisher blues which is like a bare naked ladies cover band is happening Ooh. um it's gonna be a lot of fun um i'm gonna be there so you know it's gonna be wild amazing um and there's gonna be a free publication um kind of like produced by all the performers so it's gonna be awesome um pretty stoked yeah it should come out so we like had february was an exciting month yes um we wanted our entire month of february to be um black history yeah like like black centric film and actors and everything um and i think it's so funny we're finally concluding that saga Today, yes, um, Denzel Washington ha- is the topic of the episode, and he has been pushed like so many weeks, and now it's happening finally. Ugh. Denzel, it's your time to shine. <laughs> As the highlight if- of his career, <laughs> he needs this. I know, I know. <laughs> um, we were talking to um, was it Matt and Mike on the yeah. show before us, and they, um, we like said that we were talking about Denzel Washington. They were like, "Oh, he is so attractive," <laughs> like because he is. He's like. He is. Yeah. He's made, he's successfully made the tradition or transition from like hot boy to like hot grandpa. Yeah. And I'm into this evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked Denzel Washington. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, when I lived in Brazil, there was this restaurant that we went to sometimes with my parents and one of the waiters just looked exactly like Denzel Washington. And we told him every time, like, (laughs) sir. Sir, Denzel Washington. So and he was funny. like, yeah, I've I heard know. that a billion times. <laughs> and it's like, well, at least it's not just my family. Like, everyone thinks he looks like Denzel Washington. So, yeah. so highlight of going to this restaurant is not the food. It's looking at Denzel Washington serving you food. And I'm sure, like, low light of his life. Every day he goes into work, like, I know. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, But Dama had, like... A pretty fun story. She did an adventure this morning. Oh, do I want to talk about yeah, my adventure? Yeah, I would love to hear your That's adventure. great. Okay, so uh, for Biology 121, that's just like introductory biology. Uh, you have to go on like a field trip to improve the community environment. But there's whatever. Yeah, no one <laughs> cares so about the community. About <laughs> no one cares about the community. Um, but like. There are limited spots in the, like, planned out field trip. So if you don't get in, which I did not, you need to do your own personal project of going to, like, a park that is on a list of things. um, And, like, supposedly remove invasive species or just, like, observe the environment, I guess. Um, (laughs) That was not into it. I'm not into it because... (laughs) I just wanted to get into one of the field trip spots, but I waited, like, a day to sign up. They had, like, 30 spots. This is a very large class. Like, yeah. of course people were not going to get in. Anyway, uh, you need to, like, take initiative and do things yourself if you don't get in, which sucks. I, like... How dare they expect... I, exactly! Any level of effort from Come the, on now. students. Come on now. Um, so I just decided I wasn't going to go to the park because I looked through the assignment that you had to do if you did your own personal one and like, it was easy. It was just a bunch of stuff that I could Google. So I'm like, okay, I'll just Google everything and say that I went to Pacific Spirit Park, which is on the UBC campus. So I'm like, yeah, I can just say that I went there and I didn't. But then last night, as I was finishing up my typing up of the assignment, I realized that one of the requirements of this is that you post a picture of yourself in the park. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Which I did not go to. (laughs) So I woke up an hour earlier this morning, and on my way to school, instead of stopping at the bus loop, I stopped at Pacific Spirit Park. And I was like, okay, I'll just, like, take a few pictures. And I did. But I couldn't just do it at the entrance of the park because they needed to be two different ecosystems. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to take one here. And then I'm going to walk a little, like, go inside the park, find a different looking environment, and then take a picture there. Which was, like, fine. It seemed like a good idea. And I'm, like, halfway in. And I realized that I don't actually know where I am. And I thought that I did. I thought that I was just following a consistent line that would lead me to the end of campus. Or 
to one of the roads. To not a forest. Yeah, yeah. But then I was, I walking, I kept walking, and then I reached this completely foreign civilization. There's like a playground and some like house that I've never seen before. <laughs> There's like private property, do not enter. I'm like, I don't know where I am. I just need a picture. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I don't, I didn't know that this was a thing that existed on canvas. Like I had no idea. So I just backtracked and I'm like, okay, okay. I like looked at a map. I'm like, I think I kind of understand where I need to go. And I started going and I reached another civilization that I didn't understand. But it turns out that that civilization was Hampton Place, which is like easy, easy peasy. Oh. So I just kind of like used my my nature senses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just used my nature senses, listened. Your adventuring for, skills. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> for my like traffic, basically. <laughs> and then I heard like zhong, zhong, coming from my left. I'm like, oh. There's an avenue there. <laughs> so I just walked to the avenue and took the bus, and I was like, I'm an explorer. Problem solving. Yeah, it was great. It I was great. It. Um, but you watched the movie on the bus, right? Yes, I watched the movie on the bus yesterday um, on my way to work. And what I watched was American Gangster. Whoa. Yeah. So this is exciting because not- Oh, my God. I mixed up American Gangster and Gangster Squad in my head, and I was like, that's- that's my Gosling. What? <laughs> I've actually like wanted to watch that movie for a long time and never actually did. I like kind of have always wanted to see it, see it, but I also like. Don't it's think the it one that very good. it's the one that looks kind of noir, but not really, right? Yeah. I don't know. It it intrigues me, and I've been meaning to watch it for a long time ever since it came out. Like I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, ooh, this looks Spooky. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I didn't, and then. I kept not doing it. Yeah, I dug the trailer, but I don't know. I was like, it was like something that I feel like I couldn't watch a whole movie of. I don't yeah. know. This feels off topic. Just a fun fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so American Gangster, though, is exciting because not only does it have my boy Denzel Washington, who is fantastic, but it also has Russell Crowe, who like, I I like, I appreciate Russell Crowe. Um so what this is about, it basically starts off with this, uh, like, big gangster guy, Bumpy, or that's his nickname, I don't remember his actual name, but Bumpy um, is this huge, uh, huge gangster person in New York, and he's, like, he isn't known for his gangster life, though. He's known for, like, helping out the community and being really important in, you know, people's lives in general. Um, but he dies of a heart attack, and his kind of right-hand man, who's kind of just his driver, I guess, but one of the people that he most trusted is Frank, also known as Denzel Washington. <laughs> um, and Frank kind of takes over the whole drug business when when Bumpy dies, which isn't as easy as just taking over any company. Like, there's a, this is crime. So <laughs> a lot of people don't want Frank to be in charge, and they would prefer for someone else to be doing things. All of that stuff. Um kind of parallel to this story you have russell crowe's character whose name i do not remember uh but he's this police officer who's like wants to get all the all the drug dealers woo and he's also going to law school i'm still russell's a one-stop shop yeah he's he's very special <laughs> um, and at the same time he's having a bunch of problems with his family like his divorced wife is taking his kid away and it's very sad russell no yeah, poor Russell. Um, but that does not end for Russell because just things keep piling up and his life keeps getting worse and worse. So Sad at first story. he just finds like a million dollars in a car and instead of keeping it, he turns it into the police where he works like a good cop would. Oh, but that, that my initial reaction was like, what an idiot. <laughs> well, that's what everyone at the cop place thought too because everyone there's like corrupt a big thing in the movies how like the police is just as corrupt as the criminals are um but not russell crowe russell crowe is a good boy he's pure yeah so he like turns in that money so everyone hates him like why are you such a boy scout um Ooh, the american children scouts are really on your mind <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that's i think they are on my mind because they mention oh, it okay. in the movie like they just call him a boy scout so i'm like 
I'm a Girl Scout. <laughs> yes. I am Russell Crowe. I am Russell Crowe. I believe it. Um, so yeah, because he does this like great stuff, everyone hates him, but he, the big non-corrupt cops like him. So when his partner, bad things happen to his partner because he's a junkie, turns out, um, he's just recruited into this task force to get the drug dealers which are frank. So, like, yeah, throughout the movie, um, the first half is just kind of two separate but related storylines that are just playing out. Um, Frank ends up, like, bringing a really much better heroin strain, I guess, into the market, which is how he ends up being able to take over the business because at first people are like, no, Frank, like, you're not bumpy. We're not going to let you run this town. Um, Think again. Denzel's got a plan. He's got a plan. So he goes to Bangkok and gets, like, super, super pure. (laughs) Are you laughing at me saying Bangkok? No, I'm like, of course he goes to East Asia for pure drugs. Yes. And he finds, like, the purest heroin ever. Good for him. Yeah, which he, like, buys straight from the source, so it's super cheap. And then he sells it super cheap, but it's way better than everything else in the New York market. So he gets hella rich, like buy his, buys his mama a house. Like it's a Lives very, the dream. It's really. such like an emotional scene when he gives his mom a house and she's like, This is my house. And he's like, Yes, it's for you, mama. And she's like, Oh my god, I love you so much. Thanks, Denzel. Oh, Denzel. You're perfect, Denzel. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, it's basically about Dama's face just went from like oh like very lovely to like serious like Back. let's get down to business and like to defeat a fraction of the a huns. <laughs> sorry you can't say let's get down to business and not expect me to start singing Mulan it's you know very... what I accept that thank you that's a pretty good like rule thank you I accept it also in my life <laughs> um but yeah you like follow these storylines and a lot of like the th- predominant themes are just like corruption because the police basically inflates the heroin market by just taking everyone's heroin and then selling it back to them which is like annoying um and also illegal so that's not great um so frustrating when cops do right i hate it it's the worst um but then you have like the clean cops that are trying to get to the bottom of everything so it's a very very interesting how did the million dollars get in russell's car they didn't get in russell's car russell was like stalking this one person not stalking following for his job um this this <laughs> one suspect of a crime and then he's like oh they got out of the car i wonder what's in the car and then he just like breaks into the car without a warrant um frank or no no russell, russell. whoever your character's name is <laughs> um moot point but yeah russell like just finds those million dollars and like I was a little confused throughout the movie. I was, like, pretty distracted when I was watching it. So I'm not sure how the million dollars ties back into anything else, like, if... Other than, like, gaining the trust of... Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what else is related there. I probably missed a lot of things that were happening. (laughs) But, you know, I still got a lot of it. Yeah, I know. You know. Fruitful experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Particularly, since we're talking about Denzel, like, this is a Denzel show today... Um, at one point, like, Frank starts off, like, not being a very important person because, like, he doesn't have all the credibility of some of the bigger gangsters in town. Um, but once he gets this new heroine in, he becomes, like, the top guy Mm -hmm. to get your heroine. Um, so, like... Good for Frank. Yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, good for you, Frank. Good stuff. (laughs) Thanks, for the heroin. <laughs> Thanks for the heroin, Frank. I'm really of you. <laughs> um, but, like, his whole organization is huge now. Um, and I don't remember exactly what happens, but someone, like, messes up on his end. And, like, you just have this explosion of anger that comes out of Frank. Um, which, like, th- up until that point in the movie, Denzel's character is pretty, like, calm. He's very straightforward about all his business. So he's like oh, you don't want me in the market, I'm just going to go get better heroin and sell more than you. So he's very, like, down 
down to business, just gonna figure everything out. Um, but once he gets this power, he seems to be still pretty level-headed until someone messes up. Then someone messes up and he's just like exploding. No, yeah, he he has this, this like explosion of anger where all the like loyalty that you expected that he had towards like his family and some of the other people that helped him get where he is all that stuff he's like no you guys are bad like you better run this thing like i'm telling you to run it basically um which to me was like whoa denzel that's a really powerful performance you just you just showed me there um i think it's like pretty interesting um like the theme of like corrupt cops because mm-hmm. Denzel was also in Training Day where he is like a corrupt cop. Ooh! And like, do you know the the storyline? No, it? I like, don't. Tell me. Basic premise: um, Denzel Washington. It's called Training Day because he's training a newbie, and it's in like New York. Um, and Denzel is like a jaded old corrupt cop. Okay. Um. And this guy, like, comes in, and he's, like, a little baby, and he's just, like... A little Boy Scout, would you say? Oh, yeah. A a very (laughs) pure, young, eager Boy Scout who is ready to take on crime. And one of the most, like, powerful scenes, I think, in that movie um, is when, like, Denzel is, like, in a really poor neighborhood and, like, a very, like, black-dominant community, and they're, like we're not gonna listen to you like you're a bad cop and he's like oh like he like kind of like blows off the like role of like police authority throughout the entire film mm-hmm. and then in this like one moment he's like i'm a cop like you have to listen to me and you have to respect me and it's this weird like wait what like you like don't care like mm-hmm. that's not really what you've been into um really good movie did not watch it this week but we can still talk about it because it's denzel yeah everything denzel counts like i like think like i think it's like a pretty i don't know if like trope is like the right word but like i feel like it's like pretty like the like quiet guy who like suddenly loses like loses it and like has like an like like you said an explosion like i feel like i've seen that all the times but i've never seen it done as well as denzel like Mm -hmm. denzel freaking kills that yeah because he's so good at like keeping a stoic expression throughout most of things and you're like oh yeah he's just like a regular like pretty level-headed guy at some point you get a little like frustrated like why aren't you getting frustrated at these things at one point in um american gangster he's just like sitting in a diner pouring like way too much sugar into his coffee and this guy comes in and he's like from now on i'm gonna charge you 20 percent off of all of your stuff like that's your rent for being in this place and he's like that's not even a profit but he's saying this while like looking completely emotionless mm-hmm. if not even like smirking a little bit he's like not Denzel, so sneaky. yeah he's not even worried about this guy that like is threatening to i guess do bad things to him Check if he doesn't yourself. give him money um but he's just like totally level-headed about it totally level-headed about like oh i'm going to bangkok um no yeah i'm getting heroin straight from the source and his cousin's like dude like that's like in the middle of the jungle and he's like i'll go to the jungle i guess we're going to the jungle yeah, cool. it's like no big deal so yeah when he explodes it's like whoa stuff got serious Frank is losing it yeah um that seems like a very good time to stop and play a couple tunes sure um so, like I said earlier, Thunder Finale tonight, Polish Community Center. Um, we were talking about Denzel Washington. We just played Missy D, Old School Love. Um, coming at you now with Blurred Views by Ashley Shadow. Also playing at the Polish Community Center tonight. Um, so enjoy that, and we'll be right back. Woo! Blurred views, squint your eyes, walk back through. Memory switch the channels meant to save your life. You wake up with punch, never felt this one. Flooding in with a sunrise 
You should come out and see the debates this Sunday. Some of the best debaters in North America. You can volunteer or go for free. It's the Gender Minorities Debating Championships. The UBC Debate Society secured the bid to host the North American Women and Gender Minorities Debating Championships this year after a vote by 22 institutions around the continent. They will be welcoming participants from all debating societies around North America, as well as all members of the UBC community. The tournament final will occur at 3 p.m. on Sunday, March 19th at the UBC Alumni Center. All are invited to come watch some of the best intervarsity debaters in North America. At Dunkin' Donuts, each and every radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one.
Hello and welcome back to CITR 1.9 FM. You're listening to The Real World with Dama. And Dora. Um, today we're talking about Denzel Washington. Um, Dama just gave us a lovely recap and analysis oh, yeah. of American Gangster. Um, so that was good. That was a fun thing. Yeah, it was um pretty cool. I hadn't realized... I'd like heard of American Gangster, but I didn't know that much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched Training Day like a couple years ago. Um, and it was just like weird to see the parallels between the two. Yeah. Denzel seems to like movies about corrupt cops. Mm-hmm. And like what that even means. Yeah. Um, so I watched, I'm counting Fences as one of my movies because I watched it recently enough. Okay. Um, Fences is the film that Denzel was nominated for Best Actor for this year. Um, I don't actually know what it's about. Oh, yeah, no. Well, we're going to get into it. Oh, yeah. Um, I read... It's based on an August what, Wilson play. Okay. Um, and it's about this guy who... Um, he, like used to be a baseball player and now okay. he's a garbage truck he was like a baseball player when he was younger and he was like the best baseball player in the world and he like kind of like outgrew that almost like he like the world has jaded him to be this kind of like mean old guy who is still like i could have been a pro like i could have like done it and like i can still do it and people are like, no, you can't. But like, okay. <laughs> You're old. Yeah, and he's, like, not very nice to his wife. He's not very nice to his sons. Um, and Viola Davis actually won best, the Best Supporting Actress for um, playing his wife. Okay. Rose. And in the – it's just kind of, like, over the course of maybe – mm, I guess it's over the course of about a year. Um, but it's told in, like, kind of, like, snapshots – um, that are like all really connected like they're they're like overarching conflicts which I, I like the way I'm explaining it now it kind of feels like it's just like a regular story <laughs> just a normal movie yeah but it's like it's like I think of it as like a very specific kind of like like they have the same conversations over and over again Ooh. um nothing's ever really resolved um and it's just like the same arguments much and- like real life oh yeah <laughs> way to go august for like replicating the world oh yeah um august wilson wrote the play in 1983 in a series of plays that he did about um black america he did he wrote a play for every decade and just like wrote about a black family and like their different forms of resistance like in that time like he did one for right after um the emancipation proclamation where this one like the family of like very recently liberated slaves they're father was a like amazing like beautifully talented carver and there he carved a lot of works for his owners and then in the end and then the children are like that's our father's art like that's ours like we want that it's called Mm -hmm. like the piano or something because he carved this beautiful it might be the piano bench but he carved this beautiful like piece um and the masters like want it and the kids are like no that's ours and Mm -hmm. it's like and they're like, but we, like, fine, whatever. I don't want to have to go into that one. <laughs> um, but really beautiful play. Fences, equally beautiful about, I think it's set in, like, the 50s. Okay. Um, and so, is the movie also set in the 50s? Yeah, no. Okay, so it's, it's, like, a exactly. replication. Um, Denzel actually directed it. Ooh. And he was amazing. He His directing skills was, like, okay, whatever. He's like, you do you, Denzel. Um, <laughs> if you can spend this money i support it and i do think it was an uh, important movie to film because it's just like so such a beautiful story Mm -hmm. um but he was amazing and like we said earlier that he's like really good at exploding Mm -hmm. um what i love about his performance of this character is he's constantly exploding like this like each scene is kind of like a mini replication even in like besides just the conversation but in like how his character kind of like goes like he starts out really nice and then he gets kind of mean and then nice and then just angry nice mean nice angry like Mm -hmm. that is a very like very common replication throughout it and he does it absolutely beautifully honestly i think he should have won the oscar casey (laughs) affleck can take a hike because denzel's performance was so 
like so powerful um because like he made it like so clear like yeah he's like not very nice but it's so rooted in like anger because he keeps being like I could have been a great baseball player um but they wouldn't let black people play in the league and that is why so he has a lot of anger like he's not like very he's not super pointedly like um like the white man has ruined my life Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like this like subversive anger that he always carries with him even though he's like kind of accepted it like he's not a revolutionary he's not political mm-hmm. but he and he like doesn't talk about race that much except in that he could have been a great baseball player yeah if it hadn't been for this like one small aspect of his physical appearance um so and everything kind of leads back to that like it, it's just like a beautiful like i think it's a beautiful story of like how much race does affect like even just like small things mm-hmm. and like the anger and emotion of a person yeah yeah like day to day yeah someone that is not politically involved it's just like i could have done this and then like the anger just kind of festers yeah and i think like that you see that in uh american gangster too with the explosions so i think like denzel's just really good at harnessing people's like piling up of anger totally Yeah, yeah 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 because that is something that happens consistently like there are people that are just very angry and don't show it all the time but then at one point there's just like boom anger (laughs) um this is gonna sound so pretentious i'm in a greek epic class um and that's like literally what the iliad is about we just talked about it today like i just came right from lecture like the all epics kind of like the first line tells you what the epic's about and Mm -hmm. the iliad opens with the wrath of achilles and achilles is so angry my professor kept saying it's his anger spills over but i think a better word is that like it spirals like it just like keeps getting deeper and deeper and more and more exaggerated till even like he can't control it and the gods can't control it's like out of anyone's hands um even though he's like quite calm like throughout it this is like I have goosebumps. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And, like, that's, like, it's, like, the oldest. That's literally the oldest story in the world. Mm -hmm. um, Or, I guess, in the Western tradition. Um, And it's, like, I think Denzel, like, adapts that for, like, contemporary stories so well. Um, It's a true talent. Um, So that was Fences. But then I also watched... um, Malcolm X, which Ooh. also I guess it's like kind of the same, although that one's more about like power mad, like like he. It's a th- four hour long movie. <laughs> okay, uh, just to check, is Malcolm X also directed by Spike Lee? Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, it was like weird because we just did a Spike Lee week, right? Yeah, I knew that it was one of the directors that we had done recently. I was like, oh, I've seen, I've seen Malcolm X come up on one of the lists I was searching. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's, like, honestly, that's why I decided to watch it. I was going to watch it for the Spike Lee one. But it's three hours long, and I didn't have enough time. <laughs> I did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, and it was really weird because we talked so much about Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. It was really weird to watch it. And, like, like I came up with – I had so many thoughts that were Spike Lee-related versus Denzel-related. But I'll okay. still say them anyway. Malcolm yes. X just, like, follows um, Malcolm X's life. Okay. Um really cool movie but like really beautifully shot spikely like you know you kind of know what you're getting with that mm-hmm. um the one thing like something that we kind of like concluded almost um in our spikely episode was like the dramatic like and theatrical within spikely's movies yeah. and i don't i think malcolm x was like it is like kind of hard for me to watch like i did think it was really good but it like it was so much it was so much oh, and wow. like it was kind of outside like he kept trying to make it very theatrical um but like it didn't need to be four hours long mm-hmm. like honestly in my opinion no movie needs to be four hours long <laughs> but like he kept like building up and having these mini conflicts and resolutions that were like all of them like could have been their own movies yeah um but he kind of put them all into this narrative that were like important and like following the succession of a person's life like yeah but it was also kind of if it was kind of a weird it felt kind of disjointed i may okay. um or in my honest opinion but it's so interesting that like denzel 
did Malcolm X with Spike Lee, a director that makes things very theatrical and play-like, and then did Fences yeah. based on an actual play. Yeah, no, I did feel very, like, there are a lot of, like, reflections, like, like a theatrical film and then a, like, film, film. piece of theater. Yeah. Um, and then also, Denzel is so young in Malcolm X. He is so young. And he's, like, like we said, he's, like, turning into a hot grandpa. He's, like, a zaddy at this point, And that's fine. He can accept it. He still looks awesome. But, like... It was like, it was. It's a big contrast. It was yeah. It was like what, like, how you, times have changed. You're a person that grows old. Crazy. How strange. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, but that movie was really, really awesome. There's one scene that's like sticking out of my brain that I kind of just like wanted to talk about because I thought it was so cool. Yes. Um. So. For those of you who don't know the story of Malcolm X, I'm just going to go over it, like, really briefly. He, um, his father was, like, a civil right, like, like, one of the first civil rights leaders, and then the clue, the Klan, um, killed him. And so he kind of bounced around foster homes, ended up in New York, got into drugs and kind of being a gangster, and then, um, was, event like, eventually went to prison in prison he met someone who introduced him to islam came out and became a huge um leader of the islamic community in new york um and then kind of like that like the the teachings that he got in prison were very kind of like um centered around the black american experience and the like inequality and unfairness of it all yeah and he came out and then started preaching kind of like what he calls black intelligence or like the like awakening the black consciousness yeah. to the inequality that is like real and he like he starts off under like the um honorable elijah muhammad is like the the leader of this like community and like he begins to feel more and more like a cult leader mm -hmm. um which is like creepy because all of um malcolm's peers wear the same suits and have the same haircut and like have the same classes and it's like weird okay creepy um but there's this one scene where malcolm is starting to like become a civil rights leader like starting to be on par with Martin Luther King kind of and he's giving this speech in this temple with all the major leaders of the church sitting behind him and like in the forefront is um Elijah Muhammad kind of sitting in this like big throne like chair mm -hmm. um and Malcolm is at the pulpit kind of speaking and at one point he kind of gestures to him and while Malcolm is kind of becoming power mad so is Elijah Muhammad. He, like, he likes... Because while Malcolm's getting all this public attention and all this, like, like political traction, he keeps saying, and thank you, Elijah Muhammad. Like, he kind of... He's very loyal and very, um, like, grateful to this man. Mm -hmm. And, like, is constantly, like, and that's what this man does. This man saved me. This man's amazing. Um, so Elijah Muhammad starts getting like a little worked up too and at one point people are like they're like elijah like the brothers don't like like the ministers don't like how much attention malcolm's getting mm -hmm. and he's like how dare you like malcolm's done so much um which is like was uh, this happened after the scene that was just like a fun fact mm -hmm. but um so at one point Malcolm turns kind of like gestures to him and he's just like sitting in his chair and the camera zooms in. It's like, okay, cool. And then he does it again. And at this point he has like, you know, those, um, those like meme, like pixelated glasses they put on people. <laughs> um, yeah. He doesn't have, but he has like the like real life equivalent of those on. Oh my God. And he's just sitting there like chilling, smiling, like, yeah, like I freaking did it. Like I am king of the world right now. Wow. Um, I just thought that, like, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> like, I thought it was really, like, visually interesting. And, like, especially because so much of, like, Malcolm is, like, he's, like, teaching, like, aestheticism and, like, prudence or whatever. Like, there's a lot of, like, good good woman values. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and because, like, also, Malcolm's getting power mad, but, like, he's just, like, being more controversial. Whereas, like, 
no, Elijah Muhammad is getting like he's getting high off of this. Like mm-hmm. he's like almost being like the passive garner of power is yeah. like more harmful than like taking the action to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Um, I really like that. <laughs> more corruption of authority figures. Oh yeah. Sensing a theme. Yeah, Denzel. Um, but we are running out of time. Um so I guess we should say goodbye to the people. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I didn't say earlier we actually played, after Ashley Shadow, we played Poison Ivy by Swim Team, who are also playing tonight at the finale at the Polish Community Center on Fraser and King Ed. It's a sick, it's going to be a sick event. Come to it. Yeah, check it out. Um, next up is dave radio with radio dave on the radio a classic chr program um we're gonna be playing a girl you don't like um from take my life please by tim the mute who is in kingfisher blues a bare naked ladies cover band also playing at the finale tonight yeah so enjoy that thanks so much for tuning in and shout out to tim burton Justify spending your whole life
That was Frankie by the Courtney's from Two. Um, they recently had their record release party. Um, I think on Tuesday at the Biltmore, and it was also the kickoff of their tour. Um, they are bookending their upcoming tour in Vancouver. Don't know if the other one did the Biltmore, but so they're gonna be gone for a while. Um, also an awesome, awesome album. Um, really cute fuzzy pink cover which I'm really into and then they also have a like a fun thing online um you can like take a test like a quiz kind of like a BuzzFeed quiz to find out which Courtney you are um I got classic Courtney so I'm like pretty pleased with that (laughs) um but yeah it was real really sick album now we are gonna play Serpent Hymn from Tower Fall Ascension by Alakaloka Haloka um Alec is from Winnipeg Dama chose this song so get ready for the ride of your life (laughs) um again this is the real world on CITR 101.9 FM um Dave Radio with Radio Dave is going to be coming up thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy have a great day